2: Welcome to CEO Coach this wonderful Monday morning. This is Jillian Music here with Ann Kennedy. Welcome, Ann.
0: Hi, Jillian. How are you this Monday? I understand you have a great, huh? That's uh, I understand you have a, a special guest there in Seattle with you today.
2: I absolutely do. I have my daughter, Meredith Fishkin, who also serves as a futurist for our program and for our company, Outlines Venture Group. This is Meredith Fishkin. Welcome, Meredith. Thanks.
1: It's good to be here.
2: Good to have you, Meredith. I am... So uh, we're going to talk about futurism and how most people think about futurism and things like that. It is not just an art movement. Meredith, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you and your role here as a futurist, what it is that you do, and maybe different kinds of
1: futurists? So what I do is I tend to look at companies that Outline's Venture Group is interested in. I look at the industry around the companies and where we think the future market's going. Kind of like economics, we predict the future of industries and of governments to decide where we're really going in the future. In most economic groups, you can find 20 different answers from 10 different people, but futurists are a little bit rarer. They're harder to come by. So when we say things, we try and be right about them. Of course, this isn't always the case. But we do a lot of work, um, and each futurist specializes in different industries. There's a lot of futurists in the technology industry. They consult with companies who are inventing new things, who want to put together impressive new ideas. Bulging towards the moon, deciding that we were going to build a space shuttle, this was an idea from futurists. Nobody had ever done it. It was crazy, but we predicted we could. There are a lot of futurists in the group of um, PR, they look at trends and generations. They decide what generations are going to want to do in 10 to 20 years, and they can help companies decide about the next 6 to 12 months worth of their programming or their advertising.
2: Wait, that makes good sense to me. You're saying um, in terms of aging, for example, you're saying that futurists can predict what different age groups are going to want to do in the future, And I was thinking, wait, they don't want to do the same things? And I'm going, no, they really don't. They're significantly different, even more often
1: than generation to generation. This is true. Generations actually go through very predictable changes in physiology, and you can predict medical uh, kind of advancements around the changing age of different generations, especially based on the size of your generation. But moreover, different generations feel nostalgic about different events and you can work towards making a generation nostalgic by programming your advertising the right way. Most advertising gigs aren't simply, we're sticking this one out for the Super Bowl. They've got a three-year plan. They're sticking this one out for the Super Bowl and three weeks later, they're going to give you something else. And very carefully, it will lead you down the road. It's a really fun way to look at advertising. And yes, we're all their suckers. Ah,
2: got it. (laughs) That is interesting, actually, and you're right. Um, It is, uh, what is it, nostalgia can be um, elicited. It can be generated among an entire generation. When they hadn't really been thinking about this, suddenly you can kind of force feed music, scent, uh, you know, uh, visuals, and so on, so that they
1: become nostalgic again. That's interesting. Absolutely. Uh, and everybody works towards kind of a central goal. One of my favorites is elevator music. If you've ever looked at elevator music, when I was a little kid, it was things my parents loved. And my parents would hum along in the elevator music. Last week, I found myself humming along to Led Zeppelin and discovered that oh, dear. Uh, I was about to age <laughs> just into that perfect uh, elevator music <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. When Oh, I, dear.
0: When I hear the Beatles in elevator music, it just it just... Kills me, because that was the music of my youth.
1: (laughs) Yes, and of course nobody's trying to sell you anything in an elevator, but it is uh, calming to each different generation, and uh, different companies with different generational heads of each department now will of course select the music they think is most calming in your elevator. That's interesting. So the object
2: of being in an elevator or having elevator music in there is to calm you as you move between the spaces. But does it also set your mood when you arrive at your floor, uh, more likely to purchase something in a consumer space, um, more likely to agree to somebody in a B2B space? You're headed to an attorney's office, a physician. I don't know. Absolutely.
1: Uh, And I'm not sure that everyone feels that way about it, but it very much is taken into consideration when the building is first built, especially things like color or moving parts of the elevator. Women in particular have trouble with elevators and even video games. Our stomachs are much more connected to our brains, which means if the stomach moves, the brain thinks it should be moving too, but you're standing still in an elevator. Giving, uh, especially women, a calming sensation before they step out of an elevator or while they're in it and moving is very important to how we feel when we leave the doors. If you put exciting music or a beat in an elevator, it will invigorate men because they have a lower register in their ears. It gets them moving faster. It's really wonderful and sound prediction is an amazing study. Wow. That's stuff I really didn't know about. Um,
2: So before we take a break here, can you discuss some of the consumer trends that you saw coming down the pike over the last years? Uh, When you were very young, um, you saw some things that, again, I didn't see. So, yeah, we can talk about how (laughs) dense I was. (laughs) But um, just share some of those things that you saw coming down the pike in consumer space.
1: So uh, when I was very young... We talked about Bebe. Um, I was never into fashion. I was never into industry. It wasn't who I was, but I saw my friends who were very into it, and everybody was talking about France, which, of course, is where everything big in fashion comes from, (laughs) and a company called Bebe, who was uh, built on French designers, declared that they were coming to the United States, and they were going to open their first store the same day they went public on the U.S. market. This was very exciting for me, and I knew that it would be kind of a big boom, right? Not just in purchasing, but also on the stock market for people who knew about the industry. And, of course, it exploded. It it went from a few uh, pennies a, a stock to about $72 when it peaked, and then, of course, crashed right back down to $50 a month later. But a couple pennies to $50, we started to take notice, Of course, at that time, I couldn't explain to you why I knew it was coming. I just knew that it did. Mm -hmm. And now today, I've learned to identify those trends a little bit better. Today, I can predict things like the anime craze that came to the United States. Um, Transformers and My Little Ponies, definitely different industries entirely when you look at the futurism point of view, but very, very similar. Nostalgia, although even a few years apart... They created very different niche markets for themselves, and it's wonderful to watch how these things come up. When you look for futurism, think about what you wanted as a kid, now that you're old enough to afford it, and actually your parents aren't in the house anymore, so you really can spend $100 on a toy. And never tell them. You too can go out and relive your nostalgic youth, because now they're marketing to you, not really to your kids. Amazing stuff.
2: Um, I remember you also uh, came up with, um, let's see, what was it? Uh, Steampunk. How did you identify the first signs of steampunk?
1: Steampunk is uh, really a group that's been around for a while, but I noticed that it was ready to come about when the phrase came out. The first time I saw a phrase, it was in an interview in a magazine with a designer in California. Uh, The designer was very beautiful, and she herself was a model. She had been designing clothes for her friends. They looked slightly piratey, slightly kitschy, but she coined the phrase steampunk. She wasn't the first to use it, but the magazine was well-read throughout several fashion industries, and her friends began using it. And as soon as I saw that the phrase caught on, I knew that what people had previously called Victorian elegance, or clockwork art, had caught on.
2: So it needed a name, and that's one of your uh, benchmarks, if you will. That's one of your metrics that you would track. We just had a show here on
1: metrics just last week. Absolutely. Okay. There are specific groups of people, too, that you want to get into. Uh, People who are usually antisocial, who suddenly come together to do a very specific thing, This is the sign that you have a trend that's up and coming. Perfect. We're going to take a
2: break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with Meredith Fishkin about the process of identifying the future in a number of industries. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy and our guest, Meredith Fishkin at CEO Coach. I want to talk to you about websites. Now, I know that as a business owner, you do your labor for the love of it. That's great. You don't always have time to worry about things like your website and marketing and so on. Fortunately, GoDaddy Managed WordPress does it for you. You don't have to worry about it. You simply create your WordPress site or you migrate an existing site and GoDaddy will handle the hosting, the setup, the backups, the security. They keep your site running at blazing speed and you can spend your time sharing your passion with your customers online. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter this code, PRESS8, P-R-E-S-S, number eight. Again, P-R-E-S-S, numeral eight. You'll get managed WordPress for a buck a month. You'll get a free domain, and there are some limitations. So go check out that website for details.
3: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. You rely on your website to promote your business. And while you're busy doing what you love, you need a site that can keep up. GoDaddy web hosting is built from the ground up for lightning speed, reliability, and rock-solid performance. It includes over 150 free apps like WordPress and Drupal to build and manage your site. And with 99.9% uptime
2: and industry-leading load times, you never have to worry if your site is up and running. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code HOSTFM to get web hosting for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details.
3: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended... where our hosts, Jamie Smith and Brian Lewis, discuss state-of-the-art search strategies and tools to help search marketers increase conversion and lower costs. Best search strategies, on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: welcome back to ceo coach this is ann kennedy i am here with jillian music and meredith fishkin who is talking about futurism and the future we've been talking about some of the areas where futurists have predicted uh things that help tech companies develop new products and fashion and uh, uh all kinds of interesting areas meredith can you talk a little bit about a, a timeline of the value of futurism, to, particularly to companies, to business?
1: Futurism uh, has a very specific timeline. For example, if you make a purchase in a stock market, you can invest for a few hours and get a quick return on a rising or falling stock. Or you can say I'd like a safe bet, and you can purchase something like Nordstrom's or Boeing, which you can easily expect to be around for the next hundred years and pass this off to your children or grandchildren. But futurism in different industries has an expiring timeline. For example, I've been talking many years about a gaming corporation which includes in uh, exercise equipment. We've arrived. The Omni came out two years ago. It's a gaming platform where you literally run in your video game, and it adapts to just about anything on a modern platform. When I said that, it was only a few years ago. It was about five or six. And you can predict things in futurism about six months in advance, and you better be pretty quick on the uptake. At about the six-month mark, other people are going to notice it's coming these days, too. And you're going to run out of time to adapt your marketing or your corporation to be the first ones on the block, which is what everyone wants to be. Some predictions can be a little bit further out. We all know that we're going to need new types of energy, solar energy, wind energy, but there's no way that a futurist is going to turn to you and say, in a hundred years, we're going to be using this doohickey to convert solar power into our cars. It's just not available. The timeline for futurism is six to eight months- at the best and the longer view is about 10 years got it
2: so uh, let's flush this thing out about um exercise
1: and gaming tell us all about it all right so you had a few generations starting with the gen xers who were raised by televisions not necessarily a bad thing but we had enough toys to keep us inside I'm one generation behind, but I really enjoyed it. I never saw nature, and I'm very happy about it. On the other hand, it has led to a lot of things. (laughs) That's not quite true. (laughs) No no, no fresh air kid there, huh? (laughs) Uh, But I saw a lot of things like uh, obesity on the rise. We saw a lot of things like heart disease, cancer, and everyone, of course, got very worried about it. Ending your life early, we'll sit up, we'll take note, and we'll go for a jog. That's fine but then companies started doing it. A few years ago, preventive care was enacted as a program into large insurance companies. They rewarded their people who insured with them for proactive care. They wanted you to go out and walk 10,000 steps a day. They want you to go out and see your doctor before you're sick. They want your doctor to prescribe things to you so that you don't have a heart attack. First off, They don't make any money once you're dead. And second, (laughs) if you survive the heart attack, it's very expensive for them. It's a little expensive for you, but it's really expensive for them. Which meant that preventative care was interesting. So the industry changed. But it was very, very hard to tell a coding programmer at Microsoft to go out and take a jog. It's probably the last thing he ever wants to do. And sticking a treadmill in front of his TV means that he can't hold on to his gaming controller also very problematic for him. Disney was the first person I saw, or rather the first group I saw, to come up with interactive gaming, where you really did have to run around and play with a basketball in a 3D landscape. At the time, you couldn't touch the basketball. It was kind of awkward, but it was very enjoyable. And I knew, as soon as I saw how many people enjoyed it, that it was going to be an industry standard for this generation. So how does that play out into the
2: next phase, for example, around um, preventive health care, exercise? I mean, what do gyms look like?
1: Gyms will probably be more in your house than in an actual gym. But there will be places which we probably won't call gyms very shortly. They have a very bad connotation that makes you think of sweaty people, joint showers, and bad locker systems. (laughs) What you expect to see is a bunch of video games, like a video arcade, where you can literally pick up a prop and go running through the World of Warcraft. The Omni provides that at home. It's a large four-foot station. You can actually print 3D models of new controller cases. You can go out into Halo. You can go out into World of Warcraft carrying your axe. It's like doing live-action role-playing in your living room. And moreover, you can do it with bicycles. You can do it now with treadmills where you're running through different cities across the world. The interactive nature of gaming has changed, and we're only a few feet behind it. It really started with things like the Kinect, where you simply put a small box in your living room and fell over your couch trying to fight off Darth Vader.
2: (laughs) Got it. (laughs) I guess you have a really good point here. Um, engaging children who are the ones that we have to engage first, because uh, if obesity begins in childhood, it may continue to adulthood. And that's where we want to catch it. In order to engage them, we have to engage them with gaming. Where does Oculus Rift, that great big glasses and, you know, engulfing, yeah. where does that come in? Because they're already here.
1: So Oculus Rift was not targeted at children. No. Most of these things weren't. They're targeted at the adults. The kids will always want the newest technology. Mm -hmm. And a whiny kid, you will definitely pay to keep quiet. The cost of these (laughs) systems is significantly more. They were targeting your generation and my generation. Your generation to put up a treadmill in your living room and Mm -hmm. run through Paris or Sicily. Mm -hmm. My generation to go play Halo on an Omni. Right? Right? But they understood that the cost was much higher than what a parent would pay for a child. And so they targeted it at an older generation who was already making money and at two generations, one who no longer had children at home and one who had not yet had children at home. Oh, interesting. So you can kind of
2: get the whole... Uh, I don't know, microcosm of the society doing what you need them to do by marketing to the appropriate people and getting it into people's homes.
1: Absolutely. Uh, My neighbor, Zach Scott, who plays for the Seattle Sounders here, uh, takes his kid out every day and, and goes running. If I had kids, I'd stick them in my Omni every day. I don't really want to run around with my kids around the block. I live on a very large hill. But... (laughs) I do need to get them exercise. And yes, preventative care on children especially Mm -hmm. is going to be important.
2: Okay. So you think that's the next, if you will, generation of what the gym is going to look like. We're bringing it into our homes and we will collectively go to places that will be game stations, if you will, game centers. And we're going to do stuff active as opposed to passive in those game
1: centers. Absolutely. And it makes a lot more sense than having a gym at the office. None of these systems are set up where you can hurt yourself. Okay.
2: So we like to take another break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, I'd like to talk about some of the tips you can give to CEOs who are listening here about how to think about the future, about things that they can look for, um, these little nuggets, these signs that would say in their world, how do they translate all that we've been talking about so that in their world they know what's coming down and what they can do about it. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy at CEO Coach. We're with Meredith Fishkin, futurist at Outlines Venture Group today. We'll be right back.
3: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. WebmasterRadio.fm presents PRSA, diversity today. PRSA members leading the PRSA Diversity Initiative. Look at the many roles diversity plays in the public relations profession. PRSA, diversity today, on demand anytime, inside the PRSA channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking about the future today. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. Hey, Ann. Hey, Jillian. Hi, Meredith. Hi, Ann. Yes, we're with Meredith Fishkin. So, Meredith, we've talked about kind of what's next in healthcare and that sort of thing. I was going to hang on to the end to do that, but it was just too good. We had to get into the meat of that. So. Can you wrap up for us, you know, what's next in consumer brands um, and so on? What should we be looking at? And how can CEOs, regardless of whatever industry they're in, B2B, B2C, technology, industry, this, that, doesn't matter. What can they look for that helps them see where their industry goes
1: next? So a lot of futurism is about making connections and being persistent about those connections. Uh, A rising price in gasoline means a rising price in uh, laundry detergent. And I'll let you guys make those connections. It t- takes a bit, but you can finally get there. Mm-hmm. When you're looking for a trend, what you want to look for is what you want. right? It's what you want, not what you need. What you want. Okay. What you want will become what you think you need. Nobody wants Starbucks coffee, but everybody needs it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> What I'm
2: you you kind of have a point because there is right. this backlash about, oh, too much caffeine, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, but I really need it. it.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, of course, what I want these days is the easiest way to get to everything. Now, there's some trouble here because what I think the easiest way to go grocery shopping is to drive the mile and a half to my local grocery store, walk through the aisles, and go grocery shopping. My little brother downstairs, uh feels that Amazon Fresh is the best way to do his grocery shopping. And if you ask my father, the best way to go grocery shopping is the local farmer's market. So what you need to do is find enough people in a very specific set of uh, kind of parameters that want the same thing that you want. Or you're just the guy who likes oyster shooters and nobody else does.
2: (laughs) Okay, so if I'm a CEO... What am I looking for? Again, I'm looking for what I want and what lots of other people might want and then say, how can I turn that into something so ubiquitous that they're going to now need it? They won't think about living without it. Exactly. Is that correct?
1: Or they'll simply say it's so much more convenient. So much more convenience really will help your industry. You're looking for something that, that they're everybody else is just as enthusiastic about as you. You're looking for something that gets people excited. You're looking for something where everyone turns to you and says, yes, I think that's a really good idea. And it's not just your friends. You want to ask people you don't know, people in other areas, because if it's just your friends, everyone will agree with you. If it's everyone in your city, you don't have a way to expand on your idea. It's just the local guys. You need to look around and make a choice about the industry and the groups around you and say, enough of us want it that I could scale it to the world. Okay, so it's about kind of looking and listening, finding
2: out what people want, um, making it a large enough group. So focus groups really aren't going to cut it. Even if you had focus groups in different cities, uh, eight to 10 people aren't going to cut it. So I think you're kind of talking about our industry. I I think she's talking about us, Anne. Um, You think? (laughs) (laughs) right it's about the social media it's about the listening there and perhaps asking the right questions so that you elicit answers
0: right well could we say that social media gives a much greater opportunity to view groups of people as they come together around a specific want the way you described meredith does social media make this easier to do now than say it was 10 years ago
1: Absolutely, and as social media evolves, it becomes much much easier. Uh, I was doing this ten years ago, and I didn't understand why. Now I can do it much better, and of course, social media has played a huge role in determining which pieces to pick. Makes
2: sense. Okay, so what does it cost to, to get the services of a good futurist? What is this stuff out there? Of,
1: you know. Um, it costs about ten thousand for me for a day, and about one hundred and fifty for longer engagements. It can how be, long do these engagements sometimes go? Six to eight months, sometimes. Um, okay. And I'm always happy to come back to a company that needs me a couple of years later. Um, Makes maybe, sense. Yeah. Okay. It depends
2: on your industry. Right, and I should ask before we close the show: How do they reach you?
1: Uh, you can reach me at my email or online, or you can reach me through Outlines Venture Group. Okay. Do you want to share your email here at the show? I can. It's K-I-L-L-I-A-N, Killian, Drake, D-R-A-K-E, at gmail.com. Keeping it simple.
2: All right. Killian Drake at gmail.com. K-I-L-L-I-A-N as in Nancy D-R-A-K-E at gmail.com. So you too can figure out where your industry is headed next. <laughs> uh, you we can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm through iTunes, iHeartRadio. We hope we'll see you on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast, where we'll put some links to some of the trends that Meredith's seen in the past around uh, anime, around steampunk and things like that, as well as some ideas around futurism. Again, this is Jillian Musig with Ann Kennedy at CEO Coach. Till next week, we'll be back.
3: are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited
0: traffic jams tailgating pileups ugh the joys of driving how could it get worse